Now you were there. It, you were braving the cold weather. This has got to be really cold for somebody from Texas. You were braving the cold weather. You were advocating for your president, Donald Trump's victory. Yet the resident of the White House, Joe Biden, was up yesterday saying that Iowa means nothing. I want to play you the clip and get your reaction. Okay. And what Iowa means to you, to your reelection race? Well, I don't think Iowa means anything. When the president got 50-some thousand votes, the lowest number of votes anybody's won got, you know, uh, this idea that's kind of runaway, I, he can characterize any way he wants. Uh, let's him make that judgment. Iowa means nothing, says the guy who's going to try and win the Rust Belt. Great. Good job. Really fantastic campaigning there, Joe. Your thoughts? You know, Joe Biden probably couldn't find Iowa on a map right now, uh, to be honest with you. So uh, my wife, is born and raised in Iowa. She's from a small town called McCombie, oh, wow. Iowa. And so I go to Iowa at least three or four times a year to visit my in-laws. And Iowa is known for what's called the Maquoketa Caves. And as you go to the Maquoketa Caves, it's there's a house that's on the hill, a log cabin house, a beautiful home. And and a flagpole, as you drive down to the Maquoketa Caves, there's two flags. There's Old Glory and there's another one. And it says Trump, Trump 2024, no more BS. It's been up there for years. And if you think that Iowa doesn't matter, and if you'll think that flag, that flag is indicative of the sentiment of the working class Rust Belt community that's going to come out in droves here in 2024 in November, you are sorely mistaken. And look, he has to do that. These people moved, moved their primaries uh, from Iowa to, 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 to South Carolina because he knows that they're going to get smoked there anyway. It's a really bad tactic. And what he should be doing is that he should be admitting that President Trump set a record and, and tripled, tripled the record from before. Come on, guys. Like, like, we all see the games. We all know what's going on. And, yeah, it was cold. It was frigid. The weather was terrible. And you know what I saw? I saw, I saw enthusiasm. I saw people really looking forward to getting our country back. And I think Iowa is the first shot across the bow in a very major way to get our country back. And you cannot deny the facts. Next Trump economic boom will begin on November 5th, 2024. That will be an economic boom. And, you know, the only thing that they have now is a stock market that's going up. And it's only going up because people think we're going to win the election. I don't know if you saw yesterday. I felt very badly for them. China had a crash yesterday in their stock market. You know why? Because I won Iowa. So when people, it's true, they cr it crashed. Hey, how's it going? So as of the time recording, it is 5 to 3 a.m. Uh, January 24th. So a lot of news about New Hampshire is really just Trump won, and I've already covered that. In my other episodes. So while we wait for more episodes about that, let's cover some of the Iowa news. Because, you know, end of year stuff, post New Year's. I work for Miller. Uh, well, freelance work for Miller. I'm a, pri I'm, a, I'm a private contractor, as it were. Now, mostly I do work for Miller. Uh, and post New Year's, you know, you have the holiday rush, the New Year's rush. And it was just busy as hell, you know. And there's a lot that goes on in January, a lot of company parties, a lot of, like, a lot of corporate shit. So we get slammed, a lot of cleaning to do. So I missed a lot of the Iowa news uh, coverage. But I'm here for the New Hampshire news coverage as my schedule starts to regulate itself back out, at least for now. So let's get into this one, shall we? 
CNN cuts away from Trump's Iowa victory speech to uh, to protect viewers from Trump's anti-immigrant rhetoric. Quote, We are going to... Are we going to seal up the border? Trump said during the speech. Let's get into it. And this article is by Darren Dungery. CNN, an outlet that routinely prides itself on presenting facts first that aren't colored by emotion or bias, cuts away from former President Donald Trump's Iowa caucus victory speech, seemingly justifying the move by saying he was engaging in anti-immigrant rhetoric. How dare he? Uh, No, uh, anti-criminal rhetoric, just to let you know. Quote, are, are we going to seal up the border? Trump said during the speech, quote, Because right now, we have an invasion. We have an invasion of millions and millions of people that are coming to our country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Jake Tapper then cut in, telling viewers, quote, Donald Trump declaring victory with a historically strong showing in the Iowa caucus and that, quote, if these numbers hold the biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in modern, well, in modern era for this contest, well, he's technically an incumbent. I mean, he was president before, you know. Anyway, Tapper said that while he viewed Trump's remarks as, quote, a relatively subdued speech, as these things go, but then added, quote, under my, under my voice, you hear the former president repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. Oh, shut the fuck up. After learning of his projected win, Trump said he is, quote, greatly honored, as well as invigorated for the rest of the campaign. I hear you got Trump from Don Jr. Well, that was fast. Thank you, Iowa. Now let's end this nonsense and go. Uh, and go after the insanity that is today's Democrat Party. Enough is enough. It's time to put America first for a change. You got Trump, Don Jr. right here. You know, moving on. Quote, We have to get our country back. We have, we have to get our country back. Trump told Fox News Digital, quote, Our country has gone through so many bad things over the last three years, and it's continuing to go through bad things. We're going to quickly do it all again, he added. We are going to fix our border. We're going to do it and do it quickly. This comes after Joe Biden angrily lashed out at Trump, who is widely considered the Republican Party's primary for no shit. he's the primary winner. It's already done. Uh, Quote, the tweet here from a Republican primary frontrunner in addition to, quote, extreme MAGA Republicans following the projected victory. Quote, looks like Donald Trump just won Iowa. Let's just go right over here to the full tweet. Looks like Trump just won Iowa. Here's the he's the clear front runner on the other side at this point. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jack. This election, man, was always going to be you 
and me versus extreme manga. I, I, I mean, I mean magna manga. You know the thing, man. The red hat guy, Republicans. The red Republicans. Yeah, those ones. It was true yesterday, and it will be true tomorrow. So if you're with us, chip in. Oh, it's just a big chill. J6 prisoners are being held not for the crime they did or didn't commit, but only as an example of what they will do to you if you think about rising up against their system of tyranny. Yeah, and the comments are all just... And found him guilty in trial one, but decided to just completely stop pursuing trial two. SPF, Can okay. Yeah, so this is, by the way, this is what's underneath all of Joe Biden's uh, uh, tweets. Everything underneath Joe Biden's tweets is just him getting shit on. Memes dunking on him, clips mocking him. I want to thank everybody. This has been some period of time, and most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. What a turnout, what a crowd. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. It would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing. That's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important. And I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. It's going to happen soon, too. It's going to happen soon. Well, I want to thank everybody. This is All right. Yep. As you can see, it's it's just nothing besides Biden getting dunked on. And you can run this test anywhere you want. In Ukraine over there. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there. You're you're selling access to the president just like he was. So you you're a damn to... liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that? No one has heard that? No. You said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. You know what you said? I... Get your words straight, Jack. <laughs> yep. And that's what you're going to find beneath all these. About what our options are in ending this war. If tomorrow the order goes out from the president, I'm president of the United States, I issue an order, end the war today, begin to withdraw all American troops. It will take a year to get the American troops out. Do you hear me now? That's the truth. It will take a year to get them physically out. Ooh, age so like you leave five fucking behind, You might be able to do it in seven months. And you leave those billions of is dollars this you? behind, I promise, oh, that's funny be as hell. your grandchild and mine someday. And you leave those billions of dollars of weapons behind, I promise, they're going to be used against your grandchild and mine. Yep. That's hilarious. But you get the idea. Let's get back into this article here, shall we? This type of rhetoric is nothing new for Biden. He also recently said during a speech near Valley Forge, Philadelphia, that Trump is, quote, echoing the same exact language used in Nazi Germany, says the man with a red backdrop where he calls half his country extremists who need to be exter who need to be extinguished. Right, right. Okay, bud. Says the guy who puts mom and dads on school on fucking FBI watch lists because they're like, hey, where are you teaching my kids? 
Let's continue on. Used by that. You. Anyway, let's. Uh, bu, 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 bu. Echoing the same language used uh, in Nazi Germany by my favorite Austrian painter. He probably posted. Uh, he probably posted on social media the words that best describe his 2020 campaign revenge, power, and dictatorship. I like the first two of those. Uh, in other Iowa GOP caucus news, longtime entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy announced Monday night. Again, I have the archive footage of his uh, dropping out speech. Uh, dropped out from the race, endorsed Trump to be the party's nominee. Ramaswamy had fourth place uh, in the caucus with 8% of the vote. Coming behind Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. All right. And let's check out this uh, video here. We're going to seal up the border. Because right now we have an invasion. We have an invasion of millions and millions of people that are coming into our country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Donald Trump declaring victory with a historically strong showing in the Iowa caucus. If these numbers hold the biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest, a relatively subdued speech as these things go so far, although here he is right now under under my voice, you hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. Uh, he did take time to praise his rivals, Haley and DeSantis and Ramaswamy by name. Rather untrump like to do that. Uh, gracious, but perhaps a sign of some message discipline, at least for one night. Copenhagen, bitch. All right, give me one second, guys. All right, back here on my channel. People of Iowa, thank you. I'm just gonna speed. I want to thank everybody. This has been some period of time, and most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. What a turnout, what a crowd. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. It would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing. That's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important, and I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. It's going to happen soon, too. It's going to happen soon. I want to thank uh, some of the great people. We have so many senators. If I go through every name, we'll be here all night, and everybody's going to get angry at me. But the senators, the congressmen from Washington that came down from all different states, I want to thank you very much. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a a good a good time together we're all having a good time together and uh i think they both actually did very well i really do i think they both did very well we don't even know what the outcome of second place is and uh, i see gary lake congratulations gary i spotted her i have to announce because she's terrific she's gonna be a senator a great senator i predict right you're gonna be a great senator and uh I also want to congratulate Vivek because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%, and that's a, an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people. I think most importantly, I want to thank my incredible wife, uh, First Lady, I'll say former and maybe future. But more important than Melania, I want to thank her incredible, beautiful mother who passed away a few days ago. And she's up there, way up there. She's looking down, and she's so proud of us. And I just want to say to Amalia, you are special, one of the most special people I've ever known. 
And uh, that was a tough period of time for the family, but she, uh, she's amazing. She was amazing. So I just want to thank what she's done for our family and her husband who's home right now and very lonely. He's a lonely man, but he's going to be okay, Victor. They're great people, great, uh, great parents to all of us, really, the great parents, but also to Baron. Boy, did she take care of Baron. That's how he got so tall. He only ate her food. <laughs> and I want to thank my family generally. Uh, they've worked so hard and they've taken so much abuse for being good people. I mean, good people, but uh, Eric and Don. They really did. These two have been working so hard and they, uh, you know, they have another job also, so they have to do it all. But they uh, they've been working so hard. And I know that Ivanka is home and Tiffany's home. They're watching. And I know that Baron's watching. Good old Baron. He's I said, you're going to be a basketball player. I said, well, I like soccer, Dad, actually. I said, at your height, I like basketball better. But you can't sometimes you can't talk them into everything. But he's a special boy. But the whole family is just incredible. And my uh, sister, Elizabeth, who is uh, just the biggest fan. She's just an incredible person. And uh, always supportive. We love Elizabeth so much. Uh, also, uh, we have a woman who took a big chance. You know, in most states, we have support of everybody. The Congress, uh, the senators. We had Marco Rubio. We had Greg Scott the other day. Uh, we have, you know, probably 50, 55 percent of the senators. And now they're all calling and saying, we want to endorse you, sir. I said, oh, great. Same thing with the Congress, men and women. We have tremendous, much more than anybody probably has ever had in this position. And we love them all. They're great. They're really trying to do a good job for our country. But one woman in Iowa who really stepped up was your Attorney General, Brenna Bird. She really, really stepped up. Where is Brenna? Come here. She stepped up. She's going to be your governor someday, I predict. So we'll see. We'll be watching, but she really did. She broke away from the pack. And she had tremendous courage and uh, wasn't easy. In some states, it's easy. In other states, it's a little bit more difficult. But we have really the support of the people of Iowa, which has been just incredible. Another man who was actually the first person to endorse me in the entire country. He's a state senator. His name is Brad Zahn. He looks like he's the most handsome guy, I think. Oh, you made it. He had to drive from his caucus location. You made it. I call him the Marlboro Man. Hey, Brad. You want to say something? Come on. Go up. Say something. Well, I'll tell you, I had to actually do a TV interview bragging about you. The reason why I was late is because of that. But um, is he awesome or what? I am honored to be the first person in the United States to endorse this guy. The next president, the 47th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And when he says endorse, we're really talking about 2015. He endorsed me before, actually, long before I knew I was going to run. I said, who's this man in Iowa? He's a senator, a state senator. It's a good-looking guy, too. Doesn't he look? You could pay him and give him a lot of money. And by the way, Mr. Chairman, I want to thank you for being here. You are so great. Comes all the way from Missouri, which isn't that far. I can't. You can't drive an electric car that far, though. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. The, uh, the group of people that we have on the stage is uh, just emblematic of the tremendous group that we've had. We've had such a, a great team. Uh, you know, we did well. We were looking really good in 2016. And uh, just to go back to uh, the senator, he was saying, I said, who is that guy, Brad, his name? Who is he? He keeps endorsing me. He keeps saying Trump. And I didn't even know I was running. He endorsed me four months before I knew I was running, about four months before the Escalade ride down with our great first lady. And that was Brad. I said, who is he? So he was the first one. But we have people that are so incredible. Your 
Republican Party Chairman Bobby Kaufman and his son, who is a brilliant guy, and he worked with us. And I will tell you, uh, that is a family of real professionals. Matt Whitaker, who is the very talented and very good Attorney General. Where's Matt? He's around here someplace, and he's been with us all the way. You know, we have a man that was very impressive. And I say, there's nothing wrong with it. He's so solid and so good that he didn't catch on. Sometimes being a little controversial is good. He's so perfect. Although he did break his leg during the campaign. That wasn't so good. But it sort of stood out a little bit. Oof, right? relatable. But Doug Burgum from North Dakota, the governor, and his beautiful wife, Catherine. And he got out of the race. What people don't know is that he actually supported me on the other side twice already, right? Then he decided to do it. And he was outstanding. But... Uh, the traction is never easy, right? You need controversy for traction sometimes. And this guy is the most solid guy. There's no controversy whatsoever. And he's one of the best governors in our country. And I hope that I'm going to be able to call on him uh, to be a piece of the administration, a very important piece of the administration. And also, just to conclude with this, the entire Trump team, and that includes my two boys who are really here all the time, whenever we needed them. Whenever we needed them. They are great. Eric and Don. And look at all these people. Oh, Susie, I have to say. And Chris. Chris. And they want no accolades. They just want a victory and they want to make America great again. That's all they want, actually. They don't want to be speaking. They don't want to have pictures. They just want to do their job, right? I want to thank you very much, Jason, everybody. You're really fantastic. What a job you've done. Thank you. So we're going to come together. We're going to drill baby drill right away. Drill baby drill. We're going to seal up the border because right now we have an invasion. We have an invasion of millions and millions of people that are coming into our country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. It's a very bad thing. I think it's a group of people that are probably larger in number than New York State. And we can't have that. We can't have that. It's not sustainable as a country. It's horrible. And, you know, they're coming from prisons and jails. They're coming from all over. They're coming from countries that most people have never heard of. And they're coming from mental institutions and insane asylums. They're being emptied out into our country. And they're terrorists. Many terrorists are coming in. You know, in 2019, I saw just recently on a poll, they had none in 29, no terrorists. Now, I even say there's got to be some, but they have none. And then as soon as this group took over, they have hundreds and hundreds of terrorists coming in, known terrorists, some of them really bad. And many of them are in, and they came in, and nobody knows where they are. This is not a good thing. And we're going to have to deport. We're going to have to have a deportation level that we haven't seen in this country for a long time, since Dwight Eisenhower, actually. So I don't want to be overly uh, rough on the president. But I have to say that he is the worst president that we've had in the history of our country. He's destroying our country. And, you know, my wife attended the funeral two months ago of Rosalind Carter, and it was beautiful. And Jimmy Carter was there, and I thought to myself, Jimmy Carter is happy now because he will go down as being a brilliant president by comparison to Joe Biden. He'll be a brilliant president. It's going to be, he's going to be known as brilliant by comparison. So we have to stop the invasion. We have to bring down our energy. We have to say, you know, we have, I say all the time, we have more liquid gold under our feet than any other nation anywhere in the world. And we have to stop the crime, and we have to help rebuild our cities, and we have to rebuild the capital, Washington, D.C. I was there on one of the Biden indictment trials. You know, I got it. this is the only person this never happened before, but I go to a lot of courthouses because of Biden, because they're using that for election interference. And it's on things like 
election, and I don't know if you know, but they did polls tonight on the election of 2020. Do you believe it was honest or not? 82% said, 82% said it was not. And we can't have that, Chairman. We can't have that. You can't have a situation like that. So uh, we're going to straighten out our elections. We're going to do a lot of great things. We're going to try and go to paper ballots as soon as possible. Voter ID. One day, one day elections. You know, we have these elections that last for 62 days. And if you need some more time, take as much time as you want. And so many bad things happen. We have to get rid of mail-in ballots because once you have mail-in ballots, you have crooked elections. Actually, Jimmy Carter's commission said that a long time ago. We're going to rescue our economy. We're going to save our economy. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country. There was never a greater economy. And now we don't. And when you look at what's happened with inflation, inflation is destroying. You know, they call it a country killer. Going back hundreds of years, Germany, countries that had big inflation are dead. They become dead countries. We have to stop that immediately. And we want peace through strength. Russia would have never attacked Ukraine, would have never done it. Putin and I get along fine. We get along very well. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. The fake news, which I would, if the fake news would become real and honest news, 90% of our problems in this country would be solved. They would be solved. So Russia would have never attacked. Israel would have never been attacked. The Ukraine situation is so horrible. The Israeli situation is so horrible. What's happened? And uh, we're going to get them solved. We're going to get them solved very fast. I actually said Ukraine. I know President Putin very well. I know Zelensky very well. I'm going to get him in. We're going to get it solved very quickly. Should have never happened. Would have never happened. Now you have all that death far greater than people understand. The numbers are far, far greater than anybody would even think possible. You're going to find that out in the years to come. When they knock down these massive buildings in Ukraine and then you see uh, they announced two people were slightly wounded. No, no, many people were killed. Many people were killed. We're going to get it stopped. But it's so sad because it should have never started. People killed and a culture destroyed. You can never replace thousand-year-old buildings with the most beautiful golden domes and churches and everything, just all rubble now. And it's so sad. would have never, ever happened. And likewise, uh, Israel would have never been attacked. It all comes from Iran, and we would have had a deal with Iran very quickly had the election where we, by the way, got, and I say we because it's all we, we got more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country. But we, they say we lost by a whisker, okay? But regardless, regardless of that, we're going to uh, do incredible things, and do, we're not going to let China do what they'd like to do. I get along great with him also, President Xi. He's a very strong leader, and we're going to get things solved. We're going to get the Ukraine war solved. We're going to get the Israeli situation solved. But if you think back to that, Iran was broke. I said to every country, anybody does business with Iran, buys oil from Iran, they were broke. We're not going to let you do business in the United States. And that's the way it is. They did very little business, almost sold no oil. Nobody wanted to do that. That's a big penalty. And what happened is they had no money to give to Hamas and to give to Hezbollah. And in fact, there were a lot of stories at the time. They had no money for terror. And for four years, we had no terror. We had the terror ban. We had the terror ban. They called it the Trump travel ban, but it was really the Trump terror ban. We had no, we don't want people in our country that are going to blow up our shopping centers. Thank you very much. And we want a country of law and order. So we're going to rebuild the capital of our country, Washington, D.C. We're going to scrub those beautiful marble columns and get the swastikas off them. And we're going to scrub them and get the graffiti off them. And we're going to clean the streets and we're going to rebuild the streets. And we're not going to have rusted medians through the middle that are falling down into the roads where foreign dignitaries from all over the world come and they look. 
and we're not going to be riding on top of garbage like I did just a month ago, riding on top of garbage. We're going to rebuild our beautiful Washington, D.C., and we're going to take control of it, and we're going to make unbelievably harsh penalties for people that go around shooting. Last week, they shot three people, and every night, something happens. It's, uh, it's so sad. And likewise, we're going to rebuild our cities, and we'll work with the Democrats to do it. I'd be glad to work with the people in New York. We're going to work with the people in Chicago and L.A. We're going to rebuild our cities, and we're going to make them safe, and we're going to give our police officers immunity. So every time they, they do something, they don't get sued and stopped. We're going to end crime in our cities. In Iowa, you don't know what that means, but I'll tell you, this is a different place. You don't know about crime. You don't know about getting mugged and getting whacked and getting thrown into subways and we're going to stop it, and we're going to come down very hard on criminals, and we're going to stop crime in America. So I want to just finish by saying that uh, this has been an incredible experience. The people have been, this is the third time we've won, but this is the biggest win. This is the, they said, well, if you win by 12%, that's a big win. That's going to be very hard to do. Well, I think we more than doubled that, I guess, tripled it maybe. They said, you'll never get over 50, and I just left and we were at 54. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but they said, you can't do that, sir. I said, what's about the highest? Well, you could get into the 40s, maybe 40, 41. And then I looked up, and, you know, it was very interesting. I didn't know they called it early. I, I thought that they called it at about 10 o'clock, my impression. See this gentleman? We built, he's dressed like a wall. I love this guy. He just, he's been at 150 rallies, probably. Right? He has the most beautiful outfit I've ever seen. It's all beautiful brick. Will you come up here? Just come up here. Come on. It's so nice to see you. Come on up here. He's emblematic of what we did. We built over 500 miles of wall. We were going to add another 200 miles. It's much more than we promised. And we had the safest border in the history of our country. Now we have the worst border in the history of the world. Look at this man. Congratulations. Really nice. nice to see you, man. You take care of yourself, okay? I love that outfit. I love him. That's great. We love it. That's a hot-selling jacket, by the way. So. But that represents what we did. No, we built it tremendous. That's the reason. And we got Mexico to give us 28,000 soldiers free. And we had Remain in Mexico, and we had Catch and Release in Mexico. And we did a job. We had the safest border in our history. We had the greatest economy in our history. We had a great, we were a great nation three years ago, and now we're a nation in decline. We are going to turn it around so fast. It's going to happen so fast. We're going to drill. We're going to make great. We have great wealth. We're going to drill. We're going to use that money to lower your taxes even further. We gave you the biggest tax cut in history. And we're going to lower them further. And we're also going to pay off national debt. It's about time. It's about time. So it's now off to New Hampshire, a great place. We won it last time. And uh, we won it both times. And uh, we love it. The people are great. But you know, the truth is, the people in our country are great. They're all great. So we love Iowa, but they're all great. They only want to see one thing. They want our country to come back. They're embarrassed by what's going on. Our country is laughed at. All over the world, they're laughing at us. And they want our country to come back. They want America, you know, they want us to be great again. It's a very simple MAGA, make America great again. And America first. America first is a very important part of MAGA. So we're going to put America first. We're going to make America great again. Again, Iowa, we love you. You are going to, oh, you just go out and buy larger tractors and more land. Don't worry about it. And uh, to all of the people standing behind me and all of the people in this room and so many great politicians and great dignitaries and friends, I just want to thank you all. This is a very special night. And this is the first 
because the big night is going to be in November when we take back our country and truly we do make our country great again. Thank you very much, everybody. Great honor. Thank All right. That being said, oh. we'll wrap this up here. This has been in. Let me make sure I got everything read before I just wrap it up here, actually. Yep, alright. That's everything. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison, and I will talk to you later. Hey, Frank, why are you at a Nikki Haley event? Are you not supporting President Trump? No, actually. You're supporting Nikki Haley for president? I'm not supporting anybody. Well, you're clearly at a Nikki Haley for president event four days before the Iowa caucus, so... Yes. So, Frank, why aren't you supporting President Trump in 2024? Do you have a job? Yeah, this is my job. I'm a successful investigative journalist. Remember? Can you tell me where I can get a good barbecue around here? I don't know. I don't live in I don't live in Iowa. I live in Florida. I was just there. In a speech in Fisher Island. How was that? I think the average age of the participant was deceased. Like Kevin McCarthy's career, right? What's he doing these days since he's no longer Speaker of the House? Is it hard for you to get lobby gigs now that your best bud isn't, uh, and your roommate, I'm told, right, isn't Speaker of the House anymore? No, I like this thing. I'll see What is Kevin doing these days? Are you guys still buddies and roommates now that he's no longer Speaker? No, I refuse to talk to him. Oh, really? Why is that? Because he's not Speaker. I only... Give my place to <laughs> wow, so there's bad blood there. Exclusive news, right? You're no longer on good terms with Kevin McCarthy. We're no longer friends. Wow. No longer friends. <laughs> bad breakup. <laughs> I guess it was a bad breakup. <laughs> I guess it was a bad breakup, you guys. Bye-bye, Frank. Now, what was Frank Luntz doing here at a Nikki Haley campaign event? Frank Luntz, Frank Luntz, fresh off a breakup with Kevin McCarthy, no longer speaker. So now he's hanging out with Nikki Haley. Sad. So sad. I one point in the middle of the interview where everyone in this diner gasped at her response toward the anchors. I, I want you guys to talk to him for yourself. By the what way, we that? offer Nikki Haley the opportunity. We offer Nikki Haley the opportunity to come and speak to the folks in these diners. They declined our request. Um, just your reaction. You, we played the interview from the governor. What did you think about that interview? I think the fact that she has to question whether or not you guys will report accordingly. Numbers are numbers. You know, I think that some of her speak, speaking, omissions of truths, are lies. And we've heard her. Um, President Trump has put that out there, that you see what she has said in the past. You go by what she's done and what she says she's going to do. I'm going by what she hasn't done. If I look at our president and I think about what he has done, I think that he's followed through and then some. So it's unfair for her 
to to push it back off you. If she doesn't do well, that's on her. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. Let's get some, some other folks. Uh, Y'all had opportunity to see the interview as well. What's your reaction to the governor's interview? I had a very similar uh, reaction. I thought she was very accusatory. Um, if I'm running for uh, federal office or any office for that matter, I'm not going to accuse you of not telling the truth and lying. I'm going to put it on me, and I'll be asking for your vote and trying to get you on my side and not accuse you. So let's get to some of the issue. Ma'am, so, so tell me, what, what's the number one issue facing you in your life that you want to see candidates act on? I want them to tell the truth. I want them to support our life. I don't want to be working till I'm 80 years old. I want to make sure that everyone in the military is taking care of the fentanyl crisis so we can live our lives. What about you, ma'am? <clears throat> I'm a small business owner. Um, the economy. Retirement for me is huge. I'm getting older. Um, that's a big deal. I work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm self-made. The economy is definitely number one for me. The border for me, my health insurance is crazy. I, I pay for it on my own. And every month it's, it's a lot of money. So when we're bringing everyone in and giving them somewhat of a free ride, free health care, which is happening. Everyone knows that, right? It's painful for someone like me that endlessly works and gives and gives and to support my employees. I love my employees. I treat them like family. And to be able to keep providing for them and their families is important to me. Thank you so much, ma'am. So when you go to these diners, you have, you, you have the opportunity to hear these stories. And some of the allegations that have been thrown around that somehow these diners are stacked, we send invites to everyone on social media. We put it on our show. We want everyone, if, no matter what candidate you support, to come to the diners. And you get to talk with the people for yourself. And they are sometimes undecided voters. You just saw this gentleman right here who was on the show earlier, where he made his decision just this week. This is America. This is middle America. These are people that feel forgotten. And so when candidates don't show up and then accuse the press of favoring a candidate, I just don't think that's an effective strategy. But I'll send it back to you guys on the couch. All right, Lawrence, over in the tavern. 